Good evening, and welcome to my show, The Story of My Life. I'm your hostess, Sarah Adewalu. I am 22 years old, and I'm from Little Ferry, New Jersey, which, if you're not familiar with, it's in Bergen County, the neighboring town between Hackensack and Teaneck. I am a senior in journalism slash communications major at Montclair State University with a concentration in broadcast news media. Thank you for tuning in to my latest episode tonight on Saturday, January 25th at 9.16 p.m. I hope you all had a great day today and that you're able to stay warm, safe, and dry from all the rain and the flood that we had. I do apologize for not having done a podcast in the past 10 days. Trust me, I wanted to make an episode for this past Sunday of my last time performing with my church choir before classes started being in session again here at Montclair State. And yes, classes are already in session starting from this Tuesday. But yeah, I didn't really have much time or energy to create Sunday's episode. Um, As usual, I was still kind of sick with the freaking cold, which became even worse this week not exaggerating. But as of right now, I am feeling somewhat better, just a little bit of a runny nose here and there. I'm not really clearing my throat so much anymore, as you guys have probably noticed. And that also means I am no longer in my own house, worrying if my mom or my dad would overhear me talking to you guys, so I don't have to keep my voice down anymore. I'm actually in one of the study rooms here in my residence hall building in Machuga. And um, I'm doing my best to make sure that there are no distractions from the outside, from like other people walking by. But you know, it's all good now. I'm taking 17 credits this semester. Yeah, how's that for luck? You know, it's going, hopefully well. I just wanna graduate to be honest with you guys. You know, getting it all done and over with and hoping that all this hard work pays off. I believe that last time I mentioned that I was going to apply for the graduate program here on campus. So I have already started doing that. Um, My main goal is to try to get accepted for this upcoming fall 2020 semester. The School of Communication and Media, which is the program that I'm enrolled in, It has a master's degree program in public and organizational relations. Um, I know I may have already mentioned this, but I'll just um, explain it more in case you guys didn't get the previous episode where I explained it. So it's a program that pretty much offers various career opportunities within communications and media, and specifically, for my case, broadcast media. Um, as for my application status, um, I'm like halfway complete with it. Um, I still need to do the statement of purpose or the essay, which asks about why I'm interested in, the, interested in applying for this program, how it's going to make me a better candidate when entering the field for the first time, and other like additional interesting things about me, you know, all that other stuff. So it's supposed to be about three to five pages long and double-spaced. And right now I'm doing like a rough draft version of it so that 
I can eventually turn it into a complete final draft and edit it, of course. I also put in the $60 application fee, which honestly, I had no idea that it would be waived if I registered for the open house, the graduate school open house, which is taking place next month on the 23rd of February. That's a Sunday. Um, I've yet to register for it, of course, but the application also received my three recommendation letters from three of my professors within the SEM, you know, the School of Communication and Media. Um, it also took my resume and my official transcript from MSU, um, which is automatically sent to them even before the semester ends. So just like the only things left for me to do is that I need to give them an attachment of my, I need to upload an attachment of my official transcript from Fairleigh Dickinson, where I transferred from, as I mentioned in a few earlier episodes. And I also need to take the GRE exam. And I believe they mentioned that the exam would be waived for students who have achieved a 3.0 or higher GPA. And and yeah, also I need to complete the essay. You know, asking about why I'm interested in applying for this degree program. Yeah, so that's basically three things I have left to do, but I know I can get them done pretty soon enough. Like I have a lot of time and I may have mentioned this, but they don't really have like a set deadline because their applications are always happening on a rolling admission basis. So that means they don't have like a set due date. So, but I do have a lot of time, like, you know, like until the semester is finished, most likely. But yeah, that's pretty much where I am with my application for grad school. It's kind of sad that this will be my final semester here at Montclair because I've made a lot of really good memories here by being involved with activities and organizations meeting lots of new friends and all that. But I'm trying to make the most of each moment. That's really what I'm trying to do. And the best part of it all is that I live right here on campus, so it feels like a second home to me. And um, I'm thinking of doing the same for when I get accepted into the grad program this fall, you know, living on campus. But this time I might be considering the village at Hawks Crossings, which is right outside our campus. For those of you guys out there, if you're not like familiar, yeah. Because I've been living in the main campus now for the past almost three years now. Um, I live right here in Machuga, which is literally right here in the main campus, um, like a few blocks of, away from the Yogi Berra Stadium. But um like I said, I'd like to give the chance to live in the village apartments like some of the other students are, you know, just to kind of see what it's like. Um, you kind of use the shuttle to get here to the main campus. And as for like the housing arrangement, I want to know if it's like I'm getting my own room or, you know, having a roommate. But we'll see. We'll see what's in store for me in the near future. But anyway, I'd like to introduce you guys to this new episode where I talk about the first time 
that I actually started embracing my Nigerian background. I have been to Nigeria a few times when I was very little. I would say about when I was four or five. Um, I don't really remember so much anymore, to be honest, since it's been years since I've last um, gone there. Um, my parents have gone there within the past two or three years, and in fact, they actually went this. They they actually went there this past April of 2019. Um, they went there for about two and a half weeks, so they were kind of gone during the Easter holiday break. So they went there so that they can sort of spread a word around to some of our relatives slash family friends about my brother's den upcoming wedding, um, which took place this past July of 2019. And in our culture, weddings are a huge deal. Like they really are a big deal. And also in our culture, we have like traditional attire that we wear to like fancy events like weddings and birthday parties and other stuff like that. So when my mom and dad went there last April, um, my mom, she decided to send some close friends and relatives of ours a package of Ankara. Um, so that's like a fancy way of saying dressy attire for women for events like that. And um, Gele, which is like a dressy head tie that women wear for those type of events, like for weddings, wedding receptions, um, parties, birthday parties. So it's like a head tie that women wear. And I forgot what the male equivalent of that is, but that's just for what women say. Um, in like future episodes, I'm going to try to educate you guys um, little by little on some more of Yoruba terms, the language that we speak at home fluently, but I don't really want to like take up so much time with this episode. Um, so um, that's what I'm about to get into for this episode. Um, one of the last few times that I went to Nigeria was in the summer of 2011. Um, I was about 13 or 14 at the time. And my sister and I went with our parents. So it was just like the four of us. Um, we got to like spend quality time with family members and just like explore the environment and everything. Um, at the time, at that time, I was, I had finished middle school and I was getting ready to start high school. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about the time, another recent time that I went there, which was back in 2013, which is almost seven years ago. So um, I'll give this the title of The Time I Went to Nigeria. I went to Nigeria with my parents back in November of 2013, which was sometime during my junior year of high school. Um, it was more like the beginning the first semester of the beginning of my junior year. And hopefully I'm doing the math properly because I graduated high school in 2015. So 
I think that sounds just about right. <laughs> just excuse my flawed memory at the moment, so just bear with me. So um, I went there for about two and a half weeks to make funeral plans for my grandmother, you know, on my dad's side. My dad was her youngest child out of six children, and she had died during the summer. And if I recall it properly, properly, she died back in July of 2013. And uh, I kid you not, guys, but she lived to be over 100. That's right. She was a centenarian. And I have to say, that's a pretty full life in my book. She was in completely perfect health all along and didn't really seem to have like any sort of health-related issues, no like diabetes or illness or anything. But I guess the only thing was it was just like her fading eyesight. So she was sort of like going a little bit blind because I remember that every time I saw her, she would wear like glasses. So, you know, her eyes, her set, I mean, her vision started diminishing little by little, but you know, other than that, I'd say she looked pretty fantastic as hell. And she actually looked pretty great and youthful for her age of being 100 plus. <laughs> I have had the great pleasure of seeing her many times when I used to go there with my mom when I was very little. Again, about I was four or five years of age. So I do have some pretty clear memories of her. One of the best things I remember about her was her passion for praying for me in our native Yoruba language. So she would pray for me like all the time and, you know, just say that I would grow up to be a beautiful young woman and that who is determined to like set my mind to anything that I desire and that I have a bright future ahead of me. You know, just sweet little stuff like that. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So she had been living in Ikiti State, which is one of the major towns in our country. And that's the place where my mom was born. And um, yeah, my grandmother had been living there with some relatives, which also include like two younger boys who are sort of or more or less about my age right now. And they both served as her caretakers. Like, you know, they would like clean for her, like make her food, you know, just like watch after her as an elderly, elderly person. <clears throat> and at that time in July of 2013, um, I'll, I'll try to see if I'm remembering this correctly, but I was at home as usual. Um, I was just up in my room, just chilling as usual, like surfing the web and watching TV on my computer in my room and such. You know, just the typical stuff that I would do when I'm stuck at home with nothing else better to do. <laughs> yeah, my life is pretty boring, huh? <laughs> so um, my mom was at work at the time. And I know I've mentioned this a few times in previous episodes, but she's a school nurse at a public school in the Bronx. 
But at the time, though, she worked for elementary elementary school aged children. So she didn't really work with high school students yet at the time. But um, she did at the at the time, though, she did part time for summer school hours for those kids in elementary school. And my dad had still been working at the time as well. But before he retired in summer of 2018, but obviously he never worked during the summer nor on the weekend. So at the time he was at home with me too, just also relaxing in the living room too. Like he was either watching like something on TV, like the news or sports, or, you know, he's a huge fan of baseball and whatnot, or, <laughs> but, um, or he could have been reading uh, news, the newspapers. I don't really remember what he had been doing then, but I know that he had been in the living room at the time and um, the tel- house telephone rang and he had been the one to answer it. So in our house, we tend to be like crazy hassled by telemarketers like nonstop because we have caller ID on our phone so we can always tell like who's calling us. So we always knew when it would be those telemarketers calling us from like different random numbers that we do not recognize or like other places within the country, like from Florida, Massachusetts, Minnesota, California, you know, other places. We honestly don't really know a lot of people from those areas and such. But, like, we do have, like, relatives and family friends scattered across the country, like Florida, California, and even Georgia, where my mom's sister and their children live. But, yeah, that's sort of besides the point at the moment. But in this case, in this case, though, um, when my dad, like, answered the phone, he's, obviously recognized our home international number and he knew that someone was from back home was calling and it was one of our it was I mean one of yeah it was one of our distant cousins who was living in Ekiti state at the time he called my dad to tell him over the phone that my grandmother mamaba yeah that's yeah that's what we call her. She died in their sleep earlier that morning, so that's what he called to tell my dad and um my dad he's he immediately started losing it because like I said, he was her youngest child, and he had told me many stories of how he'd always been like such a mama's boy growing up and you know having such a very close relationship with her which I thought was actually pretty sweet. Because, you know, even though she lived such a full-on life, it still kind of hits home because you're never really prepared to hear hear that sort of news. Yeah. And um, I don't want to rub this in anyone's face or in America's face, but in our culture, when it comes to funerals and making funeral arrangements. Um, It's not something that we sort of take lightly or, you know, quote 
quote-unquote rush into doing, like, so to speak. Um, when it comes to, like, making funeral arrangements, um, it's something that we usually take about a month or two to plan out the arrangements, you know, just because Nigerian currency is different from the U.S. currency, like we do, like, Naira and such, so things that are considered cheap in our country may be crazy expensive here in the U.S., so... When it comes to playing out the the arrangements, like the burial service and the wake and stuff, um, we usually like take our time to organize the events and make sure that everything goes smoothly. Like I know that here in the U.S., you guys have like a weird way of like burying someone immediately after they've passed, <laughs> but in our African culture, um, that's not how we do it. Like. We do things like neatly and accordingly and um like I said I don't mean to like offend any of you guys out there listening to this episode um I'm just stating an obvious fact and the last time I checked um there's such a thing as freedom of speech and I'm free to express myself and express a true fact <laughs> so yeah after we like got the tragic news story um my dad immediately called up my mom at work, you know, just to share with her the story. And she was also, like, greatly affected by it. And so my dad started talking to our other relatives um, through, like, phone and phone calls and such over the past few weeks and months as a, so that we could plan to make the funeral arrangements take place sometime in sometime in November because the flights in the fall season tend to be like pretty cheap as opposed to the summer where we figured it would be kind of expensive and crazy because obviously over the summer everyone wants to always go somewhere so as a not as opposed to like fall and such but yeah we're already in work by then but yeah (laughs) so yeah In the fall of 2013, it was the beginning of my junior year of high school. So I have let all my teachers know in advance that I was going to be out of the country for those two and a half weeks. Also, I was a pretty good student in school, so um, I was always pretty focused on my academics and making like straight A's and making a 4.0 GPA. So it never really was an issue for me to be all caught up on all my assignments. In fact, I was able to like do like 99.9% of my assignments while I was away. You know, like I would read a little bit like during the plane flight and I'd stay in the houses of our distant relatives. So I was able to like keep myself occupied with like reading books for fun of course and you know stuff like that so it wasn't a complete loss so three months after the death of my grandmother mamaba um we held this funeral service for her um which was more so of a celebration of her life because she lived such a long life to be able to make it to 100 (laughs) And um, her full name is Elizabeth Bamishaye Asabi Adewalu. <laughs> I know it's a long name, but um, I'll repeat it slowly and then I'll spell it out. 
So Elizabeth, like from the Bible, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H, and then Bamishaye, B as in boy, A-M-I-S-A-Y-E, Ashabi, um, that would be A-S-A-B-I, because sometimes the S sound in our culture and vocabulary makes the sh sound. That's uh, like the same for my middle name, but I don't want to, you know, divert off topic. And obviously, Adewalu, my last name, which is, I understand is still hard to pronounce, but it's A-D as in duck, E as in egg, W-O-L-U. So, yeah, that was her full name. And um, we saw her life as a milestone. So we considered it more to be like a positive than as a negative and like mourning and grieving and everything. Because she did live a full long life. So, yeah. And also in our culture, religion is like, super important so we all we all could definitely agree that she had gone up there to be with the lord and that it was already her time so yeah so what i learned during my two-week trip while there was where i came from um so my grandmother mamaba um or elizabeth she was a princess of her hometown. So in a way, I am considered to be a descendant of royalty. That's why my dad usually nicknames me princess or precious, you know, as a term of endearment. Because in a way, I sort of look like a younger version of her, you know, my grandmother. Because, you know, even when I was a little baby, I have like a million of those photos, some of which are posted on my Instagram. You guys feel free to check it out later. Um, so even when I was a baby, though, um, I have like my grandmother's eyes. I have her smile and her skin tone, which when I was little, my skin used to be like a lighter tone of brown. So, yeah. <laughs> So, the fact that I am a descendant of royalty in my home country and, you know, just learning that for the first time, that helped me to open up my eyes and my heart to my cultural background even more and to, like, you know, embrace it. And I had been the only one out of all my siblings who was actually able to go with my parents to Nigeria. Because my sisters and my brother had been very busy with, like, work and their school and, like, other different schedules. Um, at the time, though, um, my sister had just graduated high school. And she was on the verge of starting out in her first year of college at Bloomfield College, which she graduated from in May of 2018 with her degree with their bachelor's degree in the sciences with sort of an intention to go into pediatric nursing because she really loves working with kids. 
Um, you know, and she loves kids a lot. Like, she's really great with our nephews and niece. So, yeah. But, you know, for all you nursing majors out there, you guys know that it ain't easy. <laughs> um, yeah, I should know. Because <laughs> I was a bio major at some point in my life. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah. She did eventually, like, switch her major to biology. Just, like, a general sense of it. So that, yeah. So she had been in her first year of Bloomfield at the time. So that's the reason why she couldn't, like, come along with us. So I was the only one who was able to, like, make it there. But I had to convince all my teachers and at my school and, like, and in, like, my classes that I needed to take some time off for some personal family issues. Because, you know, all in all, I did have a pretty good attendance record during my high school years. I have never once missed school for any other reason than, like, being sick, which very rarely happened. Um, even if I was a little teeny tiny bit sick, I just show up anyway. And I always showed up on time and every day. And um, I believe I may have mentioned this in the episode where I talked about my bullying experience in high school, but um, our school provided bus transportation for all of us within the New York and New Jersey region because half of us at the school were from here in New Jersey and the other half from like New York, which obviously some of my closest friends were from New York. So, and like I mentioned, that's partly the reason why we're a number. We were never able to like fully hang out together or spend quality time together after school. But yeah, it sucks. But yeah, we all took the bus to school and we took it back home from school. And um, if we were to like stay after school for like any extracurricular activities, some of which I was a part of, um, we usually have like, they usually like call up, um, you know, our principals and vice principal and superintendent. They would call up the, our bus drivers for each of us within specific towns and regions to like pick us up at a certain time until it was time for us to like fully go home. But yeah. That's how it worked. Or some of us just usually got rides from our parents and such, um, which also happened in my case too. My mom also had to pick me up from school sometimes for like any extracurricular activities that I was a part of, but yeah. Um, and some of the buses though, they did have a tendency to be pretty late at times, so. There had been a few times in which I showed up to my first period class about 10 to 15 minutes late. And whenever we were late, though, because of like the buses, slow schedules, we always had to check in at the principal's office first. And the vice principal would give us a small paper to indicate that we showed up, that we would give to our teachers in the first period class. So that would be the time after homeroom, which was usually anything after 8.30 cause each class was about 45 minutes long. So we had to give those notes to our teachers to let them know that we are indeed like here at school, but we were just late cause of the buses. And in most of our classes, almost all the teachers took attendance. 
So yeah, but being tardy was never that much as an, that much of an issue. Just as long as we got to show our teachers the paper to show that to show that we were a little late due to the buses running late. So yeah. Um, so I do apologize for that slight tangent, but um, I'm just making the point that I never had any attendance issues at all at high school, and I always took my academics pretty seriously and made the best grades. Even when I returned back to the U.S., which was about a week before the Thanksgiving break, I still managed to catch up on some of the material that I missed pretty quickly, you know. I quickly caught on to some of the stuff that we've learned. Um, so it wasn't really like a lot of hard stuff. It was basically like a lot of basic general like things we've talked about in those certain subjects. And I really had no trouble at all being all caught up since I was gone. So, you know, it worked out for the best for me. And um, if it hadn't been for that little excursion, then I never would have made a discovery about myself, that I was a royal descendant on my grandmother's side. So, so this past November was six years since I last went to Nigeria. And this past July of 2019, that was six years since my grandmother's passing. But in all those times, we never forgot who she was and how, she, how much she meant to us. We never stopped talking about her because we knew she was a great person. She was really sweet. She was really beautiful, had such a beautiful heart. Yeah. And um, for those of you guys out there who may or may not know this about me, but I love to write. And um, one time when my high school did our annual talent show, um, I wrote about my grandmother in a poem. Yeah, I actually did write about her in that beautiful little poem. You know, just saying how much she meant to me and how she was a true hero for making it to 100 years. And, you know, I wish I could do it like she did, because 100 years is a major milestone. And um, I do give a lot of kudos to people who have made it to 100, because, you know, that's not easy. <laughs> it really isn't, but yeah. Um, it's kind of sad when you think, it's kind of sad when you think about it, because, you know, life is very short, like, you can live to 100 years in this world, but it's sad because life is just too short. And it's, it's really, it's even sadder that most of us take our lives for granted. Like some of us like take our own lives or kill ourselves because we always feel like it's not worth anything. And <clears throat> sorry about that. And that it's meaningless and doesn't mean much of anything. And that no one cares about what it is that you're going through. But, you know, in our African culture, we see beauty in everything. And we see good in a lot of things. We see good in a lot of people. We see good in everything. Like, we, we acknowledge that life is beautiful. And that it can be a great thing if you can make the most out of it and 
you know, you don't waste a single moment. Like, we learn to appreciate every single moment that we have and to appreciate our loved ones in our lives, our families, our friends and everything. So, you know, life doesn't have to be a bad thing or, you know, depressing or boring. And I'm, I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but yeah, I understand that people suffer from depression and have tendencies to like take their own lives. Yeah, like I'm sympathetic towards that, but I'm just saying in our culture, that's not something that we value. Like we value the value and appreciate the meaning of life. We don't really like take it for granted. And, you know, it's not something to be negative about. Like you learn to be positive and you see the best in everything. Like that's just pretty much how it is in our culture. So yeah, that is my story for this episode. And since then, I myself have personally never been to Nigeria in like almost seven years. And usually at home, we always talk about making plans to like go there together one summer. But you know, a million other things in our lives always keep popping up. Like my mom's busy part-time schedule for summer school during the first few weeks in July, all the way through like early August, which is around my birthday almost. Yeah, which is on the 5th of August. But yeah, I do hold on to the hope. I do strongly hold on to the hope that someday soon we will go back there again, just like we promised, just like we have been promising ourselves a long time ago that we'd go back there again. And at the time when I went there in November, our fall season in the U.S., it's their summer season. So, like, obviously the temperature was super hot and I had to pack with me some shorts and, like, lighter clothing to wear. And even something, like, nice to wear for the funeral service, which, honestly, I don't remember anymore what it is that I wore for the funeral service. But, yeah. So there's also a six-hour time gap difference between the U.S. and Nigeria. Um, let me just quickly pull it up on my phone to see what the time is. So, yeah. As of right now, <clears throat> sorry about that again. As of right now, here in the United States, the time is currently... 9.54 p.m. at the regular Eastern Time um, time zone. And over there in Nigeria, it is 3.55 a.m. So that is a six-hour difference. It is almost four in the morning over there. Just like here in the U.S., it is almost 10 o'clock at night which I know that most of you guys are just getting ready to go to sleep. And yeah, I'm going to try to be sensitive of that and just sort of wrap this episode up in a few minutes from now that you guys need to go to sleep and do your things for tomorrow. So yeah. And in future episodes, I'm going to try to see if I can try to talk more about my Nigerian background such as the food we the food that we eat, the clothing that we wear, and 
the huge importance of weddings and marriage and family and even the importance of our religion and going to church every Sundays and, you know, everything else of that nature. So if there was anything that I said in this episode that you guys didn't understand and maybe you were a little bit, like, slightly confused by and um, you need me to, like, clarify it for you, then please, by all means, reach out to me. I am more than glad to answer any questions that you might have for me personally or or any questions that you might have for this show in general. And um, if you guys have like any feedback or suggestions on how I can make this show of mine even better and ways that I can try to include more people in it, just, just like once in a while, yeah, definitely let me know. Um, I'll definitely try to take heed to your advice. Um, as usual, I'm available on many kinds of social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a lot more of that, where they came from. And um, this podcast is now made available to be published on SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, and a million other places. <laughs> So my email address is sadawalu at gmail.com. Again, that's S, my first initial of my first name. And then my last name, Adewalu, A-D as in duck, E as in Emily, W-O-L-U at gmail.com. Um... I'm also available on Instagram at two different accounts. Uh, my personal, which you guys obviously follow, it's Summer Girl of 97. Again, that's the word summer, S-U-M-M-E-R, girl, G-I-R-L, of, O-F, and 97. The last two digits of my birth year, 1997 and and I also have my professional account, which is my name, Sarah underscore journalist. Again, that's Sarah underscore journalist. All lowercase letters, no capitals. And although I seldomly use Twitter, I'm active on it from time to time, like making some making some small tweets here and there. And my username on it is Pretty Sarah 114. Again, that's the word pretty with the capital P. And then my name's Sarah, capital S with an H at the end from it, like Sarah from the Bible, the wife of Abraham. And the numbers after that, 114. P and S are the only letters that are capitalized in the username and followed by the numbers 114. So please feel free to catch up on all my latest available episodes so that you can get yourself all caught up with every single thing that I've ever spoken about since the first episode. So uh, listen to each of those episodes at your own time and convenience. And again, if you have like any feedback about my show and how to make it better, um, reach out to me with their comments. And if there's anything that I've 
ever talked about in not just this episode, but in all previous eight episodes, anything that I've ever talked about that you guys were confused by or you want me to clarify or to like give like specific examples, reach out to me through email and I will definitely make things easier for you to be able to understand everything that I talk about. So yeah, on that note, I just want to once again say thank you to you guys for tuning into this episode nine right now of the story of my life. I really hope that all you guys out there have such a great and relaxing rest of your weekend and have a wonderful night. I am signing out right now.